0: On today's 51%, I ride along on shift with a county sheriff's deputy and her canine.
1: You know, a lot more females are doing this job, and I think we're making a, a huge impact.
0: And we'll speak with a female FBI agent who tells us what not to believe on TV.
2: I usually say watch, you know, watch a show like the Americans, and then you'll know what I'm doing.
0: I'm Jackie Orchard and this is 51%. <laughs> This is the sound of a sheriff canine tracking me. Specifically, a two-year-old German shepherd named Nika, who, although allowing me to throw her toy over and over, could rip me apart in seconds. So I'm walking out, I'm gonna hide Nika's toy, and she's gonna track my scent, and the toy is gonna be her reward. And I'm gonna leave the recorder down so that you can hear the sound of her tracking. (laughs) Oh, it's oh, it's <laughs> Nika's human is 31-year-old sheriff deputy Nikki Vogler. A native of her jurisdiction in Saratoga County, New York, Vogler says she has wanted to be in law enforcement since fourth grade. Vogler says she and her canine handle everything from people refusing to wear masks in a public place to residential alarms and burglary to threats of self-harm and mental health calls. But Vogler says her most common call is domestic violence.
1: They range anywhere from a verbal domestic between, you know, a mother and a daughter, you know, all the way up to a, like a physical domestic between, you know, girlfriend boyfriend or
0: husband wife. Um, we get those a lot. She says, as a woman, it's hard to see a scared woman wearing the bruises of abuse, but she says she feels empathy for both parties. I think a female presence on a domestic scene is
1: great. Um, not only for the fact of helping the victim, um, or the female who's on site, uh, they're they're more comfortable talking to us, but also if the, if a male is being aggressive towards male deputies, sometimes me just walking in will kind of bring that down a little bit, whether it's, you know, they think of their mom or their daughter or whatever, you know, I think it, it makes a difference.
0: According to the FBI's census on full-time law enforcement employees, about 12% of law enforcement officers in 2017 were female. In the era of Black Lives Matter and national movements to reimagine policing, one of the greatest issues between communities and those in law enforcement is trust. Vogler says women have something to offer that maybe some men in uniform are lacking in the moment—empathy
1: whether it's because we're daughters, we're wives, we're mothers, we're nurturing. Um, so I always try to, even though somebody's fighting with us or you know they just did something terrible to their significant other, um, maybe they're struggling with something. So you know, do what we have to do, but then also try to look past that and see if there's a way you can help them.
0: Vogler, who is white, says this has been a hard year to be a cop.
1: Law enforcement isn't perfect, but at the same time, you know, a lot of us are trying to do the best we can. You know, we got into this job for a reason, and it's for the good reasons, for the right reasons. We try to do a lot of community policing in the fact of, you know, we don't have a lot of calls going on. We'll stop and we'll say hi to the business owners. We'll drive through, you know, residences or residential neighborhoods, and we'll say hi, and people will come up and strike up conversation. And I think that's what really helps people you know, seeing that you know we're human, we we want to hang out with you guys. We want to say hi. We want to make sure everything's good with you.
0: Vogler says one thing that's happening during Black Lives Matter is people are starting to spot the bad cops, and the good ones are trying to hold on and prove that they're good.
1: Growing up, I always wanted to be a police officer, and my mom begged me not to. You know, moms always want their babies to be safe. She's like, well, why don't you want to be a vet or something? And I'm like, no, mom, I want to be a police officer. So she said that for years, and once I got on the job, and she's like, oh, don't you wanna do anything
0: else? And for good reason. Almost 200 police officers die in the line of duty each year. In 2020, that number jumped to about 300. And now with with what's going on now, it's funny, because I've seen
1: her change. She's like, I know it's hard for you, but I don't want you to leave it because I know it's important to you. So it's funny seeing her going from, oh, I don't want you to do it, to, well, now's the time they need people like you in policing, to stick with it, do the right things, and be there for the community.
0: When Vogler's mom says, do the right things, she means showing the public that they don't have to be afraid of cops. But the numbers can be hard to fight. According to the Washington Post, about 1,000 people have been shot and killed by the police in the past year nationwide. A chief complaint about the police is a lack of transparency. In 2014, an investigation by the same paper found that the FBI undercounted fatal police shootings by more than half. Reporting by many departments has been voluntary, so many departments don't. Vogler says she faces sexism on the job, but never from her own team.
1: I had a rookie with me, so I was his FTO, which is a field training officer. So he was brand new out of the academy, just kind of learning the job, and we showed up at an accident scene, and it ended up being a DWI, and one of the witnesses came forward and they were talking to us, although they weren't talking to me, they were talking to my trainee. He was a six foot one, you know, marine vet, huge guy, great guy. But he had no idea what he was doing, and he kept referring the guy back to me. He's like, well, if you ask my partner here, well, if you talk to my partner. And I didn't even notice it. I thought maybe because they were eye level or what have you. And uh, my rookie, after the fact, he was like, man, that must get super annoying. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, he kept looking at me because I'm a dude, right? Not you? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess maybe.
0: (laughs) Vogler says there are about 200 Saratoga County Sheriff's deputies. That includes school resource officers, family court officers, a deputy assigned to the sex offender registry, traffic division, a criminal investigations unit, and, of course, the canine unit. According to the FBI census on full-time law enforcement employees, cities with populations of over 1 million people employed the highest percentage of female officers, at about 18%. Vogler says this could be because those departments have more specialty units women are interested in, like canine. But those openings are rare and harder to get. How many canine officers are there? There's nine canine
1: officers right now.
0: Okay, And how many are women? Just me. Just you? (laughs) That's so badass. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And your dog is a girl, too. She is. Vogler says Nika is more than a partner. She's a family member.
1: Nika works with me eight hours a day, and she lives with me. So she's home with me. Um, she hangs out with my family. She sleeps on the couch. We go on walks together out around the neighborhood. But she is attached to me 24-7. If I'm in the shower, she's right outside the shower. If you know, I'm brushing my teeth, she's right there. She's constantly right there. You know, in the few occasions where I have to leave her and go somewhere
0: else get hurt. <laughs> I miss her. <laughs> Vogler says Nika is a dual-purpose canine. She can do explosive detection, patrols, and tracking.
1: Whether it's for suspects who ran or we do a lot of missing persons, whether it's um, elderly, the vulnerable elderly who wander off, or uh, missing children they kind of wander off from their parents. Um, we also do We track a lot of suicidal people. Um, Sometimes they find out, you know, they find out the police are coming. They obviously want to leave. So we do a lot of tracking.
0: Vogler says there's a lot of misinformation flying around about law enforcement right now. She says she can't speak for every department, but at least in hers, she says they're just people who want to help and don't want to get hurt. Cops have this,
1: you know, we have this urge to, like, want to defuse bad situations. We want to get there. We want to fix it. We want to
0: fix it for the people who are scared but a common complaint is that police lie about their actions, are too violent, and cover up facts that are never known unless a bystander records it. According to the Pew Research Center, about 62% of police officers say they fill the roles of protector and enforcer equally. Vogler says there's a big gap between how the public sees police officers and how they see themselves. Everybody thinks that when we show up to scene, you
1: know, we're just looking for a fight. And, you know, we're kids who got picked on as kids and now, you know, we're trying to get back at all those bullies and it's totally not true. I mean, all the guys I work with, they're, they're sweet. They're good people. And all the other girls, like, we go to a scene and we really, we really are trying to help you. Like, I promise you, (laughs) Um, you know, nobody wants to fight.
0: Of course, there is also a long history of white police officers shooting black civilians in this country, and black people are incarcerated at a disproportionate rate. Vogler says parents sometimes foster mistrust with the police. So one of my pet peeves as a law enforcement officer is
1: when I'm you know, in a store you know, pumping gas and parents are like, oh, you better be good or they're going to take you to jail. And it's like, no, don't tell them that. <laughs> Make, make them want to come to us if they have a problem.
0: Another common complaint from the public is that police officers are asked to wear too many hats to fill the role of first responder, mental health counselor, and enforcer. About 76% of police officers in a Pew Research survey say that responding effectively to people who are having a mental health crisis is an important role for police. 11% disagree. Vogler thinks her department has struck a good balance. She says Saratoga County has a response team called Mobile Crisis.
1: So when we go to a mental health call, you know, a lot of them can be scary. A lot of them have weapons, or they're threatening you know, to harm themselves or someone else, and they have a knife, or they have a gun. Those sorts of situations, those should be police initial response only. Um, in my opinion, you wanna keep everybody safe but once we de-escalate it enough to where it's safe, it's secure, you know, EMS or you know other services can come in, uh, we've been using mobile crisis a lot. So they come in, we basically give them a the background story of what's happening, and they kind of take it from there. And they, ta- you know, they're professionals, they talk to these people. Do they need to go to the hospital to get a mental health evaluation? Or do they just make a safety plan with the other people in the home?
0: Vogler says it's hard when you're young, but try to love yourself.
1: We're always our worst critics, for sure. You know, I stand in the mirror and, you know, one day I don't I don't want little girls to do what I do. I don't want them to look in the mirror and say, man, I wish I was skinnier. You know, I want them to be comfortable in their bodies. You know, we see magazines and celebrities who are thin and beautiful and perfect, and that's not real life, you know? they. It's Photoshop and it's paying, you know, thousands of dollars for a trainer and a nutritionist and, you know, just take care of your body, take care of yourself and learn to love yourself.
0: Vogler says if you want to go into law enforcement, there are some things you can do right now. One,
1: be careful on your social media, please. (laughs) For what you post now could definitely alter your future.
0: Vogler says another tip, jujitsu. Not just if you want to be a police officer, but just to protect yourself in everyday situations, especially young women. You know, if somebody starts attacking you,
1: they're trying to punch you. Once the fight gets to the ground, you know, if you learn jujitsu, you learn how to control that person with your body until somebody can get there to help you or you can subdue that person.
0: Vogler says lastly, one thing kids might not expect, pay attention in English class.
1: There is so much report writing in law enforcement. All the shows were, you know, chasing people and arresting people, that's the fun stuff. And they don't show, like, the hours and hours of paperwork that follows that. And you have to, you know, your spelling, your grammar, you know, being articulate in, in the way you, you tell your side of the story is all super important.
0: Vogler says if she could go back in time and give her 15-year-old self some advice in the halls of Saratoga Springs High School... Be less boy-crazy and worry more about your own goals.
1: Because your 15-year-old boyfriend is not going to be the one you marry, most likely. (laughs) And you're going to change so much. I changed so much from age 15 to age 17, then to 19. I mean, I always knew who I wanted to be, but getting there is obviously, it's a process. So, and you've got to do that on your own.
0: Vogler has been in law enforcement for about six years. She says when she first started with Saratoga County, there were maybe five women. That number has nearly tripled. Vogler says most importantly, don't let anyone tell you you can't be a police officer because you're a woman. Women in
1: policing, we're a fast-growing breed around here. You know, a lot more females are doing this job, and I think we're making a, a huge impact.
0: Lori Johnson is an FBI agent in the Buffalo, New York office. She's 36 and has three German Shepherds, Saber, Winter, and Marvel. Like Captain Marvel, an idol of Johnson's. Johnson has been in the FBI for 12 years. She came in as an intelligence analyst and became an agent in 2012. She's worked at the Washington field office, headquarters division out of D.C., and now Buffalo. She was just 23 when she started. Johnson says the FBI has given her opportunities to travel across the country and meet people she never expected to meet.
2: You know, I've given presentations and briefed superintendents of the military academies across the United States. I've briefed executives. Um, I've briefed other executives in my agency and other government agencies. Um, I I think the world is your oyster when you come into an organization like the FBI and you're able to go out and you never know where your day is going to take you. You know, you could start on the metro. You know, you start on the metro in D.C. in the morning and then you could end up, you know, by the end of the day, you need to fly somewhere across the United States. So I think it's really interesting. It you're, This job can take you anywhere. It's all about what you make it.
0: Johnson says when she meets someone for the first time and tells them she's in the FBI, they normally look at her name, then register that she's a woman in her 30s. And then the pressure is on to prove herself.
2: Coming in, I always tried to make sure I was a subject matter expert in my field. I always wanted to make sure that I was well rehearsed, I was well spoken. I wanted to make sure I could prove my worth and knowledge because I knew I was going to be going to brief some of these executives. So I think, you know, I come in, I'm not sure, you know, what they're thinking. I'm sure, I I don't know, maybe, wow, this this is a young female agent. I hope she knows her stuff. Um, but then as soon as you get into the briefing and, you know, talking about, talking about whatever I'm, you know, happening to be briefing uh, briefing them on that day, I think they realize that, wow, she's really knowledgeable. She's she's She knows her stuff.
0: Johnson says women in law enforcement often assume that they need to be the best in order to be good enough compared to the men. She says she aims to just be herself. At Quantico for FBI training, or now in her career as an agent, she's not trying to beat all the guys on a run. She's just trying to do her job well.
2: You don't have to be... The fastest. You don't have to be the strongest. Is all you know. Everybody's always comparing themselves to the males in the field because this is a male predominant field. But um, I think that as long as you're proving your worth, you know the one thing you've I learned throughout this career is you just have to be yourself. You're going in there. You're you're doing the same. Th- you're doing the same work at the end of the day that all the other male <laughs> male agents are doing. Um, you know, and you're doing it. You know, you're doing it just as well.
0: Johnson says there have been men in the FBI who felt threatened by her and tried to intimidate her.
2: And rather than looking at my accomplishments and my achievements and my overall reputation, they've looked at me as a young female in a dominated career field.
0: But she says she just lets her work speak for itself, and those issues tend to resolve themselves. Johnson says positive self-talk is important in a high-pressure career field like the FBI. To handle the stress, Johnson says there's nothing better than exercise.
2: Going for a run at the end of the day, going for a bike ride. Um, I'm a fitness advisor here at the FBI, so... Fitness is very important to me. Um, so I think that stress relief is very important to your overall well, uh, mental well-being especially. So, you know, going on that run, making sure you make time for yourself, you know, playing, playing with the dogs, um, things like that, talking to family, talking to friends, making time for, for those important things. It's just as important as, you know, making sure that when you're at work during the day you're 100% on. Um, the, stress, the stress from this job can be great. Some days aren't as stressful as others. Some days, some weeks are are very stressful. Um, so making sure you're making that time for yourself, you know, is important.
0: Johnson says there have been times in her career when she was truly scared. She says she's on the evidence response team in Buffalo, or ERT as the agents call it.
2: And that's where we go out and we basically we're collecting evidence from crimes that have happened. So whether they, whether that crime had happened, in, D, like when I worked in Washington or whether it happened here in Buffalo, there have been times going out on those kind of searches that you just, there's an unknown with this job. Walking into a house, um, you never know what you're going to find, you know. Is that house going to, you know, is there going to be something dangerous in that house? Is there going to be someone dangerous in that house? So I think going on those searches, um, going on those arrests and things like that, your adrenaline definitely gets, I would say it's more of an adrenaline rush. Um, Maybe you're scared, but you're not thinking about it at that moment. It's the adrenaline of going into the unknown, going into the house where somebody could be in there that wants to hurt you. Um, I think those those happen in this career, and that's one of the things you know coming into law enforcement, and it's one of the things they instill in us down at Quantico is you never know when you're going out on arrest or when you're, you know, you're going into a house for a search, you just, there's so many unknowns and there's so many variables. So it's an adrenaline at first. And then I think you look back on it, and you're like, wow, that was really a scary situation.
0: As you know, I was an army officer and there were times that as a woman, I felt a lot of pressure. Like if I was too nice, nobody took me seriously and I was too bubbly. But then if I was too hard, then I was labeled a bitch. And that was something that I really struggled with. Like, it's hard to say just be yourself when you feel like you're being pulled in these directions. Have you ever experienced like a struggle like that? And how have you dealt with it?
2: That happens a lot. That happens a lot with females in law enforcement. I think there's this there's this thought that, oh, I have to be just as tough as the guy. I have to, you know, come off that way, just as tough as one of the guys so that, like, I can fit in in this male-dominated field. Don't you ever let a soul in the world tell you that you can't be exactly who you are. And I think that's a super important quote, and I I do live by that, and I have that on my desk because I think it's important in this line of work.
0: Johnson says there are a lot of misconceptions about what FBI agents do.
2: I think there's a new show, Clarice. That's talking about like the you know the older older school bureau, um, but I think a lot of people think that's the glamorous you know we're out there you know everybody gets sent to the behavioral sciences unit and they're working criminal minds cases and um, you know they're working these crazy cases right off right off the bat. Um, I think that there are so many aspects that go into the FBI. There's so many different, you know, there's crim- There's the criminal branch, there's the counterintelligence branch, there's the counterterrorism, there's the cyber. There's so many vectors once you become an FBI agent and get into the FBI that you could branch out into that, you know, you hear people, I think, hear FBI and they're like, oh, you know, they're they're arresting us for, you know, drugs or they're chasing serial killers. And though that's not necessarily what's, um, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. You know, we're working... Uh, Lots of cases, you know, that are, you know, furthering and protecting our United States and the United States intelligence community. So I think people hear FBI and they don't always have an idea of what necessarily FBI agents are actually doing.
0: (laughs) So what is Johnson actually doing? I'm still not 100 percent sure. But she says if you turn on the TV and watch the news, they usually mention a new perceived threat from China or Russia. She says those are basically the country she's analyzing.
2: One of my duties, one of my jobs, is protecting the United States intelligence community, protecting advanced technologies and the critical assets, um, and then countering the activities of th- uh, foreign spies. So if you think uh, the TV show The Americans, um, I, a lot of people watch that show. I think it, it went off the air a couple years ago. But it was kind of an interesting you know, look at something that happened in history that was you know these spies coming over from Russia and integrating with uh, integrating with the communities in the United States. So I think it's kind of interesting. Um, when I say I work counterintelligence, I usually say watch you know watch a show like The Americans and then you'll know what I'm doing. You know <laughs> something like that um, because that's pretty much how we you know when we at the end of the day when we talk about it that's um, that's what we're doing. We're just protecting the United States intelligence community and making sure our technologies that we create here in the United States and our assets. Um, are controlled and that protected, and then we're countering the activities of those spies.
0: So I guess I should have asked you this a lot sooner, but like, are you a spy? (laughs) I am not. Are you sure? I'm sure. (laughs) It really sounds like you're a spy, Lori.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fun, but no.
0: (laughs) All right. I won't press it. I'm pretty sure you're a spy, but I'm going to let it go. Johnson says women have a lot to offer the FBI. She says women who go into law enforcement have an extra drive to prove themselves, knowing all eyes will be on them. And another trait? Compassion.
2: I do think that, you know, we are striving to be our best. We are striving to, you know, move up the ranks in a male-dominated career field. So I think that those are some things that, like, you know, whether it be us talking to victims of crimes or us going out on interviews, it's a it's a softer, I don't want to say it's a softer side, but um, sometimes, you know, individuals may be more apt to talk to us over some, you know, some of our male counterparts just because, oh, you know, it's a female, she'll understand, you know, those kind of things. So I think those are some things that we bring to the table for sure. Um, And that's going back to even 1972 when the first FBI special agent, um, female special agent came into the FBI. I think it's, it's kind of interesting to look back at our history and like what we've brought to the table from then until now.
0: According to FBI spokesperson Maureen Dempsey, At the close of 2020, approximately 21% of the special agent population was female, and there were nearly 640 black special agents. Approximately 76% of black special agents were male, and approximately 23% were female. In an official statement, Dempsey adds, The FBI is committed to building a high-performing, diverse, and inclusive workforce, and we recognize the current numbers of minority special agents, including female agents, are not proportional to the general population. For this reason, we are actively seeking to increase the diversity of qualified special agent applicants because we know it is important that the FBI represents the people we are sworn to protect and serve. The better we know our communities, the better we can protect them. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, in 1998, 16% of FBI agents were women. In 2008, that number had increased to 19%. In 2016, another small increase to 20%. But in 2016, the Bureau of Justice Statistics Federal Law Enforcement Census reported that the number of full-time female federal law enforcement officers in the United States is decreasing. In 2008, almost 16% of federal officers were female, and in 2016, that had dropped to about 13%. The problem might simply be that police officers are normal people who are given an abnormal amount of power, and there isn't a way to screen for their flaws. If women might be the answer to building a greater trust between the police and communities, why are there still so few women in law enforcement? According to Rosa Brooks, a law professor at Georgetown and the author of Tangled Up in Blue, Policing the American City, the answer is obvious. Advertising. Brooke says recruiting ads frequently emphasize images of SWAT teams battering down doors, and recruiters go to job fairs for veterans or male-dominated university criminology programs. She says police academies overvalue physical strength while undervaluing communication skills and emotional intelligence. And lastly, what's even harder to fix? She says a locker room atmosphere prevails in many police precincts. That doesn't appeal to women, nor do the rotating patrol shifts if you're a mother. So it appears that until law enforcement agencies correct their culture, the needle on their gender stats just isn't going to move that much. And without more women in the field, systemic change may yet be a long way off.
3: I was every single girl. I was nobody else. I was so sure
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's 51%. Thanks to Ian Pickus and Tina Rennick for production assistance. Our executive producer is Dr. Alan Shartok. Our theme music is Lolita by Albany-based artist Girl Blue. 51% is a national production of Northeast Public Radio. If you'd like to hear this episode again or share it with your friends, sign up for our podcast or visit wamc.org. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 51% Radio.
3: The flare on the lens was the real thing. She was with her boyfriend in the back room. I was chain smoking cigarettes and looking at the moon. Thought I was really in it. I didn't really get it. I lost my cool song. Stay and see my baby brother just come and down